This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise God. Give the Lord Jesus a praise in the house. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. While I was standing there worshiping the Lord, the Holy Ghost said to me, I have some things I want to say to the nation of South Africa, to the church of South Africa, today through this message. Now, I don't quite know what it is. I have some idea what he wants to say, but it's not in my notes. I know he wants to speak by unction and revelation, and he's told me not to restrict him. So I'm going to take a few extra minutes this morning, let the Holy Ghost speak to us about the future. Every head bowed, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word today. I thank you as I come to teach that I do not have to trust or depend on limited human abilities. But I do trust in you and therefore I know without doubt that you anoint my mind that I might receive revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything. Father, I thank you that your anointing will carry the word of God to each person's mind. Your love, your power in faith, bringing understanding and removing confusion. That you will enter every heart, bringing faith and dispelling every fear. And we'll give you alone the praise, the honor and the glory for all that's revealed and accomplished. Through your word and by your spirit here today and all those that love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. All right, are you ready? Buckle up. This morning's message is titled, Every Place That Your Foot Shall Tread, I Have Given to You. Say that. Every place that your foot shall tread, I have given to you. Say it this way. Every place that my foot shall tread, God has given to me. Now, that's not for us. That's not talking about literally walking by taking steps. It's talking about what you claim with your faith by your mouth today. In the old covenant, they had to walk it out. The children of Israel came out of Egypt after 430 years of slavery. Then they spent 40 years wandering around the desert, following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And now they arrived at Canaan's border, about to cross the Jordan River, into a battle with Jericho, into Canaan. And God speaks to them on the borders of the river. And he says, these, he gives them these final instructions before they go in to fight the giants, to prepare them for victory, to prepare them for victory in Canaan. God gives them this instruction. Now, we know from the Word of God that everything that happens in the Old Covenant is a type and a shadow and is an example for us today who live in the end times. 
So therefore, the types and shadows we're about to read about are also directly promises to us today to fight our giants now. As the Israelites faced their giants in Canaan, so we face our giants today. In other words, we fight the good fight of faith and we take possession of our inheritance. They take possession of their inheritance, the land of Canaan, conquering nations that are heathen and ungodly. And today we are going to overcome heathen activities in our nation, the works of darkness in this nation, by the spiritual forces of faith and our authority and our prayer. And we are going to bring God's purpose into this country, into the nation and in our personal lives. We're going to fight our giants just like they did. We will. God has given us the tools and he's promised to be with us every step of the way. Deuteronomy 11.8 Therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today as you, as you go over this Jordan River that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. Even though God said this is your land, I gave it to Abraham many years ago. They still had to go over and take possession of it. They had to go and take it physically. Even though God has given us the promises in the New Testament, which Jesus bought for us at Calvary, we still have to claim those promises as ours, as done in faith today. Verse 9. And that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, become a doer of the word, which I command you today to love the Lord your God. Listen to this. Commandment one, love the Lord your God. Commandment two, serve him with all your heart. Serve God with all your heart. God has called each of us to serve him in some capacity. And it's in that capacity of serving God that God speaks to us and directs us. It's hard to steer a ship that's parked in the harbor. When the ship gets out of the harbor and starts going, it's far easier to steer it and turn it. If we'll just step out the boat and start serving God, God will come and speak to us and direct us and bless us and use us, and we'll see the miracles in our lives. Zacharias was serving God in the sanctuary. When the angel appeared to him, and told him he'd have a son, John the Baptist, reborn. He was serving God when the angel spoke to him. Philip the Evangelist was out preaching the gospel when God spoke to him, sent an angel and said, I want you to go and join yourself that chariot. 
I want you to minister that eunuch was a treasure for Queen Candace of Ethiopia and led him to Christ. And then when he baptized him, he came out the water and he disappeared. Philip was taken supernaturally to another city called Aztos. Because he was serving God, that gave God the opportunity to move alongside and instruct Philip and supernaturally work through his life. It's in serving God that we're going to see the supernatural of God in our lives. If you're sitting like a bump on a log, don't expect God to show up much in your life. Hello. Fourteen. Then I will give you the rain for your land in its season. The early rain, the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. The early rain, latter rain. This is talking about the blessing of God in our lives. When we serve him and love him, put him first. Don't allow the things of this world to take our time away from serving God, worshiping God, reading our Bible, coming to church. If we keep God first and love him with all our heart, his blessing will be on us. The reign of his abundance will be ours. We'll never lack. If we'll serve God, we'll never lack. Get out of your boat. Start being active, doing something for Jesus to move the ball forward. Go on the growth track. Get involved with a dream team or become a cell group leader, fellowship group leader. Let's be active in the kingdom. Hello. You all out there? And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be, divided, be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Don't get deceived by the busy busyness of this life and forget serving God, worshiping God, reading your Bible, praying. If we will read our Bible and pray, I sense, I sense in my heart that God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is going to be drawing the five wise virgins, the spirit-filled, those that are active in the kingdom, he's drawing them closer to himself. They will, you will sense in your heart an overwhelming desire to draw closer to God, and he is going to drive you to prayer. You're going to sense a great anointing to pray. And when you spend time in prayer, the spirit of prayer will come upon you and you'll pray mightily and there will be changes wrought in the nation through the prayers of the saints. No revival comes except through prayer. No change in nation comes except through prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal the land. And when you sense that call to prayer, to walk closer with God, don't reject it. Get up. Get out of bed. Go pray. Yeah. 
lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you. And he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce. And you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. So commit yourselves completely to these words of mine. Tie these words to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Teach these words to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away on a journey and when you are lying down and when you are getting up again. And you shall write the word that I give you here now on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God is saying, now listen, you're going over to take that land, crossing the Jordan River, and all the instructions I'm giving you here now, do not forget them. Keep them before your eyes. Meditate on them. That's exactly what God said to Joshua when he took over from Moses to lead the children of Israel. In chapter 1, verse 8 of Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. And then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. God has given us the formula for success. He gave it to Joshua. He gave it to the Israelites before going over into Canaan. That's the formula. If we want success in any area of our lives, the key is feed, 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 feed on the word. John 6, 63, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. That your, days and your, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. Now God said, if you will do what I'm telling you to do, that Canaan will be like heaven. The days of heaven above will be on the earth. Can God turn South Africa into a patch of heaven? Is God God or is he not God? If we give God the opportunity, if we'll seek God and pray and become serious believers, can God not turn this nation around and glorify his own name? When Jesus left, he left the earth in charge. He put it in the hands of Christians. He didn't put the earth in the charge in the hands of the devil. When Jesus left, he said, all authority is given to me. Go therefore. Because we have come with him, therefore that's our authority as well. How can we fail except we allow the devil to run rampage? You know, every nation in the world right now is having serious problems. Every nation. Every nation. Serious problems. South Africa is not alone. And there is only one solution. It's the one I'm teaching this morning. For if you are carefully, if you carefully keep all these commandments which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and walk in his ways and hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out the nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. 
If you'll do what I'm telling God said, then you will conquer greater nations that are ahead of you. Greater than yourselves. So God is saying to us today, no matter how big the giants look like here in South Africa, and maybe it doesn't matter how big the giants look like in your personal life, God said, I'll dispossess them. I'll drive them out before you. I'll drive them out before you. Crime is a giant that God can drive out. Hatred is a giant that God can drive out. Poverty is a giant that God can drive out. Division and strife is a giant that God can drive out and he can replace all this with love, harmony, peace, understanding, mercy, patience. He can replace it all with prosperity and good health. God is God. You're not alone. Then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you and you'll disperse greater and mighty nations than yourselves. Wherever you set your feet, the land will be yours. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. In other words, whatever we claim by faith will be given to us. Your prayers make a difference. Whatever you claim by faith will be given to you. Also, what this means for us today is that we must also take possession of the souls of men. Don't just pray about things we need personally, but pray for unsaved people that you know. Claim their salvation. Bind Satan over their thinking. Claim their soul for Jesus. And ask the, labor, ask the Lord of the harvest to send a laborer to them that they will listen to. To share the love of Jesus with. Maybe God will anoint you for that. Don't give up. Don't hide your light. Let your light shine. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. In other words, if you'll give up and hide, the curse will overtake you. Problems will overcome us. Christians, if we give up and hide and crawl into our little caves, we will be overcome by evil. We'll live in a curse. 27. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today, to go after other gods which you have not known. There's a lot of things in our world today that look all nice. Not everything that razzle-dazzles is from God. Don't make idols of things. Deuteronomy 12, 11. You must bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, which is worship, your sacrifices, which is worship, 
your tithes, which is 10% of all we earn, your spiritual gifts, which is worship, and your offerings, which is worship, to fulfill a vow, you must bring it all to the place the Lord your God will choose for his name to be honored. And that place is the temple of God in the old covenant or the tabernacle. And in the new covenant, it's the local churches around the world. God wants us to bring our worship to him in the local churches together. And God wants us to bring our tithes to our local churches together. God gives us the same instructions so that we can honor our Father in heaven. Now listen to Ephesians 6.10. This is the New Testament now. God says to you, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That means be strong with God's strength. God is saying, I want you to make use of my strength. Don't depend on your own strength. Depend on my strength. Speak the promises. Claim what is yours. Declare what I'll do for you, God said, and you'll see my power rescue you. Stand your ground. Declare it is done. Praise God. You heard like the good song said this morning. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, what happened to the ancestors of the wilderness long ago. God guided the Israelites by sending a cloud that moved along ahead of them in the day and fire at night. And he brought them all safely through the waters of the sea on dry ground. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual drink and all drank from that same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Now all these things happened to the Israelites as examples and they were written down for our admonition. They are written down for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So what happened to the Israelites, God orchestrated everything that happened to them so that there would be a message there for us today upon whom the end of the ages have come. Why is God so concerned about those living in the end times? Well, because there's more people alive today than there are in heaven and hell combined. There are more people alive today than have lived and died up until now. The greater harvest is here now on the earth. And there's a tremendous war between light and darkness for this harvest. If you can imagine a field of acres and acres of wheat or corn or some other grain growing, it's ripe under harvest. Jesus paid for that. He created it. He died for it. He is the rightful legal owner. But Satan has come in and wants to take that harvest for himself. He wants to take the unsaved, get a microchip put in them, and cause them to worship him. He wants to snatch them from the kingdom of God. The devil wants to do that. And this is the time where the intensity of the battle is increasing between light and darkness. That's why this world is in chaos right now. So much uncertainty, so much fear of tomorrow, 
but we know who holds tomorrow. We are not afraid. And we know where we are going. Now we have to run our race that is set before us, the race that is the call of God in our lives, our ministry. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses are surrounding us and watching us? They are all those who have died and gone before us to heaven. Like a great cloud of witnesses, they are watching us. They are sitting in the grandstands of heaven, watching us run on our racetrack down below in these Olympic Games. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, which so easily traps us. It's like a spider web. You touch it, you're stuck. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. It's not a race we choose. It's a race that's been set before us. So this God has chosen the ministry I need to fulfill. And I need to run that race. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin. Now we all know what a sin is. A weight is something that's not a sin. It's something we are allowed to do. Probably something God gives us, a blessing. But when we spend too much time with that blessing, so that it robs us of our time with God's word, it robs us of our time with prayer, it robs us of our time coming to church, it robs us of our ministry for the Lord, then it's become a weight. And we can't run the race carrying weights. I don't care how good an athlete is. He might be the world champion. But if he runs a race of 20 kilograms in each hand, he's not going to win that race. Lay aside every weight and run your race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus allowed the human race to nail him totally naked on a cross, spit on him, put spikes, nails through his hands and feet, whip him, lash him, put a crown of thorns on his head, and mock him. The Creator. He did that because of the joy after the cross that he was thinking about. He, en he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. He was thinking about you coming to heaven because of the price he was paying. He was thinking about spending forever fellowshipping with you in heaven. And that was so much joy to him that he was prepared to die like that on the cross. Understand this. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to fellowship with Jesus. We can do that now. Thank God. Hallelujah. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Now listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race, my race, what race, Paul? With joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus. What is that ministry, Paul? To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So this, my race is to share what Jesus has done for me with the unsaved. Tell them my story. What did God do for me? What Jesus means to me? How he's blessed me? You know, people can't argue about that. You know that? They can't say, that's not true. That's not true. I don't believe that. Because it's your story. Everybody has their own story. Has God done anything for you? Let me see your hands if God's done something for you. Well, then you all are soul winners. God has set a race before you. You began running this race the moment you were born again. Your race is your ministry. The church where you serve God and your ministry to the lost. That's your ministry, where you serve in the church. Now, how well are you doing in your race? How well are you doing? Imagine those in the grandstands watching you down on the racetrack. What kind of grade do you think they give you? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, what? How do you rate your race so far? You rate your own race. How do you rate it? How do you believe you can step it up a notch? Five of you. Well, I can. Pastors, can you step up your race a notch? <laughs> Let me try that again. How do you think you're just perfect? How do you think God and everybody else is just thrilled with your effort? You're moving heaven and earth. You're an earth shaker. How do you think you can step it up a notch? Let me see your hand. That's a little bit more than last time. Okay. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. They do it to obtain a perishable crown. But you do this for an imperishable crown. You do this for a crown that will never, ever go dull in all eternity. You know, when Jesus appeared to Kenneth e. Hagen in 1952, he said to him, The soul in his crown is so beautiful that you will stand in awe staring at it. You will stand in awe staring at it. Your crown that's waiting for you is so beautiful. Because of the souls you've won or brought to Jesus. Bring them to church. They get saved. It's your crown. So beautiful. No jeweler can even imagine the gold crown with the jewels, the stones in that crown. God has, every time you win a soul, bring them to church. They get saved. Another beautiful stone goes into your crown. And those souls will forever Come say, thank you for bringing me to heaven. Thank you, thank you, 
Won't you be thanking the one that won you to Jesus? Thank you for that enthusiasm. I just felt it. Therefore, run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself would be disqualified. Philippians 3.12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things so that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working toward the day when I will finish, when I will finally be all that Jesus Christ saved me for and wants me to be. Yes, child of God, Jesus saved you to be a great soul winner and a great worker, servant in the house of the Lord. No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm not at all. I'm not all I should be, but I'm focused I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm forgetting about my mistakes. I'm focusing on the task ahead. So this, I'm forgetting about my mistakes. I'm focusing on the task ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Say this with me. I strain to reach the end of the race. I'm running hard to receive the prize for which God is calling me up to heaven. God has a prize waiting for you in heaven. Run your race, child of God. Now here are a few scriptures I'd like you to confess, write these down, look them up, and quote them daily. It'll help you overcome, be victorious. This is the scripture. These are the words that God wants you to meditate on for victory. You ready? First one to write down. Say this, Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all my need according to his riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. Numbers 14, 28. As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. John 15, 7. Abide in me, and my words abide in you, and you will command what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hebrews 13.5 The Lord Jesus said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to that power that works in me. 1 Corinthians 
But thanks be to God who always gives me victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 27.1. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 2.14. This is so powerful. This is one of my favorites. Now thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph in Christ. God is always guiding me on a road of victory, overcoming every challenge. I am victorious, triumphing over all circumstances as God guides me through this life. Nothing will defeat me because nothing can defeat God. John 10, 27, the last verse said this. The Lord Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus said, I am his sheep. He is the great shepherd. He is my shepherd. He said, I hear his voice. If he said, I do, then I do. That settles it. I hear his voice. And he's ordering my steps on a road of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Give the Lord a shout in the house. Give the Lord some praise in the house. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 